Hey there, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Alana here with Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going very well. It's Good. spring. It's springtime. So happy. The weather's been beautiful. Although with the spring this year, I don't know if it's because the uh, like the street uh, plows have not been as good as usual, or if it's the weather or what, but my car, I, I'm going to have to get my alignment redone. Like it's, yeah. the, there are these like ice potholes and it's, mm-hmm. it's like, and ruts and stuff. Cause it gets slushy. And then it yeah. And then it freezes, and, but it's the worst that I've ever noticed it being like, I can't yeah. even sometimes I'll bring like, I'll bring a coffee mug in the car. And a lot <laughs> of times I don't bring a travel mug. I'll just bring a regular coffee right. mug. And yeah. I'll just kind of hold it up as I'm, Oh man, kids don't do this at home, but I'll hold it with one hand while I'm driving, yeah. but I can't do that. The other day I did it and I like got coffee. Still, all yeah. I know it's a mess. Our roads are like that too. All the side streets are like that. The yeah. parking lots are a mess. It is. But- it's kind of maybe a crazy combination of like a, a long thaw with a mm-hmm. hard freeze or whatever. Exactly. And, it like well, and we've had much more snow place. than normal out yeah. here at least. So yeah. Yeah, but we're getting so much daylight. Mm-hmm. I remember I got up to the bathroom around 1030 the other night and it was dark out and I realized it was the first time that I've seen it dark in several weeks. Yeah. So well, we're all ready to where I'm going to bed and when it's light, I'm waking mm-hmm. up when it's light. I'm not going to ever complain about that. No, it's great. Our son, our oldest goes to jazz band at, mm-hmm. at 615 and we were... I guess we left a little before that and it was getting light. It was so nice. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, we're going to be chatting today about prayer basics and really getting down to the um, elementals of prayer. And the way we've divided it up is just kind of the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And for those of you who are worried, you're like, well, I've been praying for 60 years. I don't need this. I think it's still going to be an interesting conversation because one of the things that Jamie and I love to do is like, ask why. So why are we doing it this way? (laughs) You know, like we might think, well, of course you must pray like this, but, but why? And does it actually say that in the Bible? So I'm really excited about this topic. Me too. And as I'm scrolling through, you came up with a lot of these questions. And as I'm scrolling through, I'm like, some of these aren't that basic. Like these are. Yeah kind of tough questions, at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, not going to say which one, but you know. we'll have to keep people's interest peaked. Yeah. Well, should we open up with prayer? Let's do it. God, we just thank you for this time. Thanks for just the opportunity to, to pull back. I feel like for many of us who have grown up in the church or who have been Christians for a long time, it just becomes kind of taken for granted. Some of these basics that are really important to talk about and to be aware of and to make sure that we're not just assuming that everybody's on the same page. We just pray that you would guide us, direct us, help us to maintain um, just big biblical integrity and, um, and just have a great time talking about prayer and about these things that are so fundamental to this, um, this relationship that we have with you, God. Thank you for it. Amen. And our verse of the day, uh, I took uh, for the next couple of days, I'm going to go into Matthew six, and this will be a continue to be continued into our next, uh, our next episode, which is going to be kind of related to this one. So this is Matthew six, five and six. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly. I tell you, they've received their reward in full. 
But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I just thought this was just kind of a very basic instruction on prayer, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I love when Jesus talks about prayer, especially yeah. in Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount and those mm-hmm. kinds of things, because it is, it's, it's basic. It doesn't have to be mysterious. I mean, yes, there's, there is mystery, there's divine power, there's miracles, but there's also a sense of this is something so simple that you can do it when you're like two years old, you know? Yeah. Well, that leads us into our just for fun question, which I set you up for that. You're welcome. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Isn't that nice? The flow just kind of goes. So can you think of any like cute or fun prayers that your kids prayed when they were first learning to pray when the first, you know, few times that you heard them pray cute things they prayed about or cute prayers or funny stories at one point, my oldest son, when he was a toddler, he thought that amen kind of just meant we're done, like mm-hmm. we're finished now. And so sometimes if he was really bored and he just wanted to like stop doing what he was doing, he would just say amen. And that was his way of being like, <laughs> I'm done. Or like if I was talking to him and I guess I was like rambling, he would just look at me and say amen. And that oh was kind goodness. of his version of being like, mom, you're talking way too long. That is funny. Uh-huh. Well, I can remember hearing the word amen and picturing a group of men standing around. Oh, like, uh-huh. yeah. I don't know. But just because men. it had the word yeah. amen, like mm-hmm. a group of men, I don't know. But amen. Anyway, <laughs> amen. Not a man, a man. Right. A man. Men. <laughs> yeah. So should we start, since this is a praying Christian women podcast, should we start closing our prayers with a woman, a woman? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good <laughs> question. That's a good Not question. what we're diving into today, though. But do you have any um, prayer stories from your kids? <laughs> so we still joke about this. Our middle kid, it, uh, when he was, when we would like go around and let God, let, let each kid give thanks for the food or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when he was really little, our oldest, you know, would give thanks for the food and we'd say, Ben, do you want to pray? And, um, when he would like, I think it was maybe the first time he prayed. I don't know. It was Mm -hmm. one of the early ones, but we were having hot dogs or at least he was. And so Joey said, thank you, God, for the food. And I don't know if he went on and said something else, but I think Mm -hmm. he, I think our middle one was trying to say, thank you for the hot dog. But he said, Mm -hmm. Apalala hot dog. <laughs> and then, and it's like, he couldn't, I, and I, he wasn't couldn't articulate yeah. it. Yeah. And so several times he did that. Like one time there was a corn dog in front of him. Aww. And I remember he was like, Apalala corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those things where he heard the yeah. older one praying and he didn't really mm. know what he was saying. Right. I but think he, he could that speak at that time, the food was but so <laughs> Apalala corn dog. So my youngest used to start his prayers with like, he was saying, dear Jesus. Yeah. But basically it came about D D D. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) It was pretty cute. And yeah, sometimes when you get into that habit, it carries even when you kind of grow out of that. Like sometimes I don't want to embarrass them. Sometimes like my teenagers will even be like, dear God, thank you for this yummy food. And like a teenage boy doesn't typically use the word yummy, you know, like in everyday conversation, but right? it just kind of got ingrained. It carries on. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have the DDD though. DDD. Thank you for the, thank you for the Apalala Yeah. And we, yeah, we, we joke about that. So sometimes he does still say that as a joke, but yeah, but it really does like, like the, well, we're going to talk another time about like kind of the, the traditions that, that mm-hmm. carry on and the conventions mm-hmm. of prayer. But yeah. today we're kind of talking about the fundamentals. And I feel like um, like some of those we do learn when we're little. And mm-hmm. some of them, though, I think we pick up things that aren't necessarily um, fundamental to prayer because mm-hmm. they're things that we just kind of have always done. So I don't know, let, let's right. get into some of these questions yeah. that you bring and up. Maybe I try to tease apart. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. convention and, and what is, so yeah, we have a couple, you know, I guess we're starting a new mini series yeah. on some of these topics. So welcome to the next mini series, everybody today. We want to talk about just the basics of prayer, the fundamentals. So we've kind of divided it into the who, what, when, where, why, and how did you ever do any type of journalism? in your past, Jamie? Not really. I used to want to be a journalist, but Mm -hmm. I never officially did any kind of journalism. I did submit an article to a paper, but it didn't get picked up. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. was when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, basically these are the questions that a journalist is kind of taught to answer Mm -hmm. in, you know, their, their hook or opening. You want to know the who, what, when, where, why, um, and then, you know, we add the how, even though it doesn't start with W. <laughs> so we're just going to go through it. So speaking of who, um, who are we praying to? I mean, obviously the easiest answer to that is, well, we're praying to God, but there's some nuances there that we can dive into if we wanted and tease apart some of these things. Yeah. So that brought, that question was the one that I was like, well, that's not a totally easy question to answer because I do remember Um, I mean, who are we praying to? We know who we as Christians are praying to, you Mm -hmm. know, or we should know that we're, we're praying Mm -hmm. to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're praying Mm -hmm. to God, the father, that's part Mm -hmm. of a triune Godhead of the father, Mm -hmm. son, and Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of the second part of that question that you have is do all people pray to the same God? And I can remember in high school, talking in youth group about, um, about a different faith and mm-hmm. how we were praying to a different God than this God. I think yeah. it was Islam. And they were saying, you know, Allah is different from God that we pray to. Mm-hmm. And I remember just saying, but what if, what if someone is really, really seeking mm-hmm. and they're praying with that name? Yeah. and but they really want to find the true God, the real God. I know. Could it so, be, couldn't somehow, could, couldn't God hear that prayer? And could they be, you know, what, what is, do we know? And yeah. I'm not, and I want to make it extremely clear. I'm not a universalist. I don't believe that everybody right. is saved and everyone just automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to make that really clear, but right. where the rubber meets the road for me is, um, you know, the Bible says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. And I just, I, my question being, if someone thinks that, that God Mm -hmm. has a different name, does that mean that, that they can't get through 
and have God take hold of them within whatever belief system they're in right. and bring them into truth as a result of them seeking him. Exactly. By a different name. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. And on the one hand, I mean, God's name is powerful. On the other hand, though, I mean, technically, if we're praying to Jesus, as an example, nobody in first century Palestine was using the, like the phonetic Jesus, you know? So, I mean, if we're going to get nitpicky, then if we say God and not Yahweh or Jehovah, and technically we don't even know how the proper name of God in the old Testament would have been pronounced because people respected that word so much. The pronunciation is lost to us. Yeah. So like nobody has the actual name of God. So I would say to an extent, the name doesn't quite matter, but it can be loaded. You know, like I remember getting into a really interesting discussion with some people who were moving to the Middle East to do ministry to Muslims. And the discussion came, do you teach about Allah or do you teach about God or do you pick another word? Do you know what I mean? And Uh I heard a great missionary to Mongolia have the same thing. The first, and and again, this is, I'm getting, it's like third hand. So I'm just trying to, I might get the details wrong, but the first missionaries to the region where he went to uh, kind of, there wasn't a word for God. So they just kind of created a word, but to the Mongolian people, it sounded so foreign and kind of like Mm. (laughs) sci-fi, you know, like great Mm -hmm. deity of the sky and universe, you know, like that was kind of the connotation. Yeah. And so when a new wave of missionaries came in, they took the name for kind of the tribal animistic God. Mm -hmm. And they said, let us tell you what God is actually like, he's not what you've been taught, but it caused, as you can imagine, it did cause controversy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put a flag on a hill and die there. But I would go so far as to say, like, if your immediate response is, well, no, we should never use words like Allah, or we should never use words like um, what an animistic tribe thinks of as God, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. But I also want to remind people that like the words that we use are the Anglicanized versions of those words. Right. And so what if a Muslim knows Allah and basically Allah is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Allah is the son of, or the father of Jesus, the creator of the world. Um, you know, and, and they don't look to the Quran to learn who Allah is, but they look to the Bible, but in their Bible, just because of translation, the word Allah is there. I mean, that's literally what it means. It literally means God, yeah. right. But it, it gets loaded. Well, and he shares, you know, yeah, yeah, it does. And my other question, the other side of that is, is it more important now, and, and I don't want to take away from the importance of, of God's name because it is mentioned in the Bible and he is, you know, but like you, but is it more important to have a name, right? Or to know his character? To know because the character. there are many people yeah. who call on the name of God, but they give him a lot of different attributes that are not. Who yeah. God is. Oh, for sure. I and mean, let's so compare. Go I ahead. think that's the more important question. I think is, so too. 
is, is do we have the true picture of who mm-hmm. that God is? Because yeah, by whatever name you call it, I mean, I think of Athens, you know, and I just looked it yep, up so I would get exactly. it right. But in, Ath- the unknown God. In, in Athens, yeah, I'll just mm-hmm. read this while Paul was yeah. waiting for them in Athens. Okay. This is Acts 17, um, verse 16 on. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. He said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Okay, I need to scroll down a little bit more. Um, Okay, and so in verse 22, Paul stood up in the meeting of the uh, Areopagus and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he goes on to talk about the God that we know, but he used a common ground. Mm -hmm. He used this temple erected to an unknown God and said, Mm -hmm. you don't even know that this is that there is a God that you don't know, but go ahead. I didn't mean to like hide. Yeah, no, I love that, that we brought that up because I think that that really helps. And then one more question that we can kind of discuss when we're talking about who we're praying to. Oh, let me circle back actually real quick. We were talking about like praying to God's character, Mm. right? So if I know the God of the Bible exactly as he is, but I call him Dios, or I call him some other, you know, name, then I think most of us could agree that yes, that's that we're praying to God. But um, to be fair, none of us know God's character perfectly. Right. And so if you needed to know God's character perfectly for your prayers to get through, then none of us would be able to pray to God. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, that's the other, the other thing, but one more question is we're talking about the who is, you know, let's bring the Trinity into it. Does it matter? uh, Do we pray to God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. Do we pray to all of them at once? Is it wrong to pray to just one of them? What are your thoughts? So I, I used to have a, a big hang up on this and like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I think it was, um, I don't know. I just, it used to be a pet peeve of mine and it's mm-hmm. not anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but I used to just always, um, I used to always pray to God, the father, because that's what Jesus did. And because mm-hmm. when he tells us how to pray, he says our father in right. heaven, mm-hmm. but I, you know, Stephen called out and prayed to Jesus. There, there are mm-hmm. times when mm-hmm. different people have called out to Jesus, well, um, and obviously Jesus wouldn't have prayed to himself. No, right? of course so, he wouldn't have. And, <laughs> just because Jesus prayed to the father doesn't mean that we right. can't pray to Jesus. Right. And then you've got like, I, there are songs and praise and worship and people, you know, that will pray mm-hmm. Holy spirit come yeah, send on this place. I have no problems with that. I used to kind of get hung up with like, well, no, I, I want to pray to God weird. the father, you uh-huh. know? Um, yeah. And, but I, I mean, I believe that in general, I mean, it's really safe to pray to God, the father, because that was what Jesus modeled <laughs> it's a good default, uh-huh. but 
I don't know. I mean, of course, Jesus is on the throne and he is part of the triune Godhead. And there are definitely evidences in scripture that I have found since my hangups where people have called out to Jesus, both because they've seen him in a vision or also just Mm -hmm. calling out to him in prayer. And And they are one. They are one. So my, my in general is, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. It would be similar to like, if I was going to send you something in the mail and I got stuck, do I address it to Jamie Hampton or Mrs. Hampton or or Mrs. Jamie Hampton? Right. (laughs) You know, like it's, it's going to get to you, but I would say, you know, if we want to put on our theology hat for like two seconds and you want like a basic answer, we pray to God, the father, like if you want to talk about just the role of the parts of the Trinity in prayer, Mm -hmm. we pray to God, the father through Jesus, right? He says, you can come to the father in my name Through me in my name, and we know that the Holy spirit is who guides and interprets our prayers. So if we want to talk about the role of the Trinity in our prayers, I would say kind of, that's the really elementary answer, but whether, yeah, when, if the question becomes, who do I address? I I'm with you. I think that praying to God, the father, if you really need an answer is always a good default, but I don't, I don't see any reason why we can't pray to the other parts. Singing to the Holy Spirit still makes me feel a little weird. I, I have not found any evidence that it's wrong, but it, it does feel weird to me because I think like growing up, the churches that I was part of, like we didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit. It was it was just kind of like, and then, you know, there, there was this Holy Spirit. <laughs> so the first time I heard a chorus, like singing to the Holy Spirit, I was like, oh, is this blasphemy or idolatry? But I'm like, okay, the Holy Spirit's God too. Yeah. It's interesting though. Cause I do still have a little bit of a hang up about mm-hmm. it, even though mm-hmm. I'm like, well, no, it's totally fine. But I yeah. still, am just like, I pray to God. It's unconventional. <laughs> yeah. At least in the Christian traditions that you and I are probably most familiar with. It's less conventional. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So that takes care of the who now let's go to what, um, Let's come up with a definition of prayer. I'm going to see what dictionary.com says. Ooh, let's check the source. Let's see. A solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. Okay. I mean, that's a tiny bit. uh, If we want to dissect it, I think those things absolutely are prayer. A solemn request for help or an expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. I would say the one thing it's missing is like prayer doesn't have to just be asking God for something or expressing your thanks, right? We also have um, just kind of talking with God, right? Mm -hmm. I would say that's the one thing that's missing from this definition. Like if I was just to say, if I was to wake up in the morning and say, wow, God, I'm really, really tired. (laughs) I'm not asking him for anything and I'm not expressing thanks, but I'm still in communication with him. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I I think it's maybe an incomplete definition because like you said, there are other things, there's praise. There's, Mm -hmm. um, I saw a really good list because I used to kind of think, uh, like ACTS is kind of like there's right. praise, there's confession, because that's mm-hmm. a part of prayer. There's Thanksgiving, yep. there's supplication. I saw a list that was way more comprehensive. And I was like, wow, I love that. That's awesome. Because mm. mm-hmm. it had more things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but like if we look at the 
um, if we, if we look at just this idea of walking with God and talking Mm -hmm. with God and sharing our Mm -hmm. lives with God, I mean, I have come to believe that there are certain things that can be prayers. Like we just posted something the other day about like your tears can be prayers without words, Uh even if you don't have words, just your, if, if anything in your spirit, that's directed God word. Yeah. Sharing your spirit with God because Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit intercedes between us and God in a perfect way, which to me is, I mean, that's so much more powerful, even not that we shouldn't try to put our thoughts and our feelings and our praise and our thanksgiving and our supplications into words, Mm -hmm. but, but there are acts of meditation and just turning your heart toward God and having an exchange that I agree is sometimes more powerful because, you know, the scripture Mm -hmm. just the other day when I was um, writing this, it was on Instagram and Facebook and Mm -hmm. it just occurred to me, like it talks about the spirit intercedes in accordance with God's will. And Mm -hmm. there's not a single prayer really other than thy kingdom come, thy will be done that I have prayed that I know 100% in terms of supplication that I know is 100% in alignment with God's perfect will and what, you know, and maybe that's a bold statement, but many of the prayers I I pray, Mm -hmm. many of the prayers I pray, the things I ask my requests, my needs, I'm not positive if those are totally in accordance with God's will. But when you just turn your heart to God with mm-hmm. turn your grief to God, turn your yeah. joy to God, turn whatever it is yeah. and hold it up like silently. And the Holy spirit intercedes. It's always translated in accordance with God's will. That's which, cool. And I know that you and I have talked about this idea that maybe even when we speak those words, that spirit is still interceding mm-hmm. to perfect kind of those prayers and interpret. Right. That's, that's our own kind of thought. I don't think mm-hmm. that's directly necessarily in scripture, but mm-hmm. anyway, all of that to say, yeah. I think prayer is, you know, there, there are a lot of different facets of prayer, but absolutely. You know, in Hmm. I can't remember the reference, so maybe you know it off the top of your head, but it talks about like the spirit intercedes for us, the one that you were just talking about. And I know at some part it talks about like in groans that words can't express, Yeah. right? Like sometimes, yeah, sometimes I think a, a good, super basic definition of prayer is talking to God. But I think that the one thing that that leaves out are those times of deep, um, intercession or deep emotional turmoil. I picture Hannah when she's on the temple steps, praying and begging for God to give her, well, not the temple. It wasn't built then, but, um, probably tabernacle somewhere. She was, (laughs) she was at the place of worshiping somewhere and like praying because she was barren and her prayers were so intense that the priest thought she was just drunk and babbling nonsense. And obviously like we've got Jesus's words. It might've even been part of our verse of the day. Like you don't need to keep on babbling like pagans, right? Or at least least it's from the same chapter section as our verse of the day. But there are times, like you said, sometimes I think a a deep groaning in the spirit that transcends Mm -hmm. words can be prayer as well. I think here's an example that I think anybody can relate to your, um, walking down the road and you see a car heading towards you that has lost control. You might not have time to formulate the dear God, please don't let me get killed in Jesus name. Amen. Prayer. 
you might, but almost everybody is going to be directing a plea up to, (laughs) up to heaven in an instant like that, even Mm -hmm. if it's instantaneous, or even if it at times surpasses language. So what could we, what could we call, so prayer is talking to God, or I wonder if there's a nice way to wrap that up. There might not be. I don't know, maybe an exchange between you and God, maybe communicating with God. Yeah. An exchange, whether it's wordless or with words or Mm -hmm. with actions or. Yeah. yeah. And now we're getting like super. (laughs) No, I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I, I guess an exchange between you and God. I mean, it's a relationship with God. Prayers is a relationship with God walked out maybe. All right. Yeah. The walking out of your relationship (laughs) with God. I wanted to read that scripture that we kind of half quoted sort of it's Romans eight verses 26 to 27. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That's powerful. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Let's even take your son's prayer, Apala, or whatever it was that he God absolutely knew that he was giving thanks for that hot dog. Oh, right? and like, you got to tell the story, our favorite story about the little girl. Oh, that- <laughs> we love this one. Have we ever tracked down? We've who- never tracked down the person. And I don't know if the story is accurate exactly with the like relationship it's, between the person and the it's bed. Taking on urban it's legend on proportions urban legends, yes. in the Praying Christian Women podcast. So the story as it was written into us very early on in our podcasting days. And please like just send us an email and say hi and tell us the exact story if this was your story because we adore it. Mm -hmm. The mom or grandma was feeling very, very, very ill. And her family was surrounding her and feeling very concerned for her health. And then they invited the little preschool girl to pray as well. And the little preschool girl like folded her hands and closed her eyes and said something like, dear Jesus, thank you for the food. Amen. And within a few minutes, again, Keep in mind, this is kind of taken on folklorish <laughs> feel because Jamie and I have retold it so much. But within a few minutes, the, the woman was actually feeling better. 
what we took this to mean was that God knew that this little, little girl was praying earnestly with the only words that she knew how to pray. And I think this is an example of what that verse talks about. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. She said, Apalala mama, <laughs> or, you <laughs> right? know, thank you for the food. But God knew that her prayer was actually a heartfelt plea to heal her mom or her grandma or whoever it was. Yeah. And I can think of times where I've had just complicated concerns for my kids that I Mm -hmm. probably could tease out and write in a journal, but I don't Mm -hmm. have the energy to, and, and I just, and I have started to pray. And even in my head, just been like, like, I just, I take that feeling prayer is a groan. (laughs) It is. And I just, what I do mentally is I take that feeling and I place it into God's hands. Like, that. I'm just like, what, you know, all of this, yeah. like what this is yeah. in here, here, mm-hmm. here, sometimes you need to we untangle can't, it. Yeah. Sometimes that's the exact word. Like we can't unravel all of our thoughts no. and all of our feelings. And so sometimes, yeah, sometimes there is a wordless exchange and between think, the Lord and us. And I think sometimes we feel responsible for formulating creative answers to problems. So this is what I do is I'll be like, okay, my kid is struggling with this. So this is what I want to pray for you to do for him so that he uh, will, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? Like, let me okay, tell you God what to do here. Let me tell you some, <laughs> you know, let me, let me just, just put my suggestion in the suggestion box. That's right. <laughs> so you can help him to do this. He can, mm-hmm. you know, provide him with some great friends that'll help this uh-huh. part, provide him with this and this and this. Yeah. And that's not bad. I think that can be like mm-hmm. a great exercise And I think sometimes God gives us as parents, as spouses, as friends, as Mm -hmm. children of our parents or whatever, like he gives us, I think, prayer burdens for people. And Mm -hmm. I've, Mm -hmm. I've felt very specific prayer burdens for people that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pray that out and and do accordance with God's will. But sometimes I just feel like I need, I'm responsible for coming up with creative ideas to Uh help God out. And sometimes we don't need to do that. And we can just say, this is the problem. You need to fix it. (laughs) Or would you please in your good grace, fix it? (laughs) Or maybe it's not really a problem. Maybe it's a good thing. Show me that too. You know, I don't know, but well, we've talked before about kind of the prayer behind the prayer. Yes. And I think that's important to remember too, you know, so you're, let's say your, your kid is going through problem X, Y, Z. And so you're praying for solutions, A, B, and C, which are what logically come to your mind. Yeah. God knows that your true heart's desire is actually for him to be at work in X, Y, Z. But sometimes just like that little girl had limited vocabulary to pray, I think that's how it is for us. Like I think about when lockdown started, I prayed so hard for God to protect us from COVID and we eventually all got COVID, but my prayer behind the prayer was, it wasn't that we would not get sick with COVID. It was that we would be taken care of and that we wouldn't Mm. face like extreme health problems. And none of us would, you know, die. (laughs) And like, God, God did answer those. And so sometimes I think that's an interesting way of looking at like prayer disappointments or, you know, what's colloquially known as unanswered prayer. Mm-hmm. Maybe the specific request was denied. 
God denied my specific request to keep my family from getting COVID, but he absolutely met the prayer behind the prayer, which was, please help my family to be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and you could take that a step further for the family who wasn't all okay for someone who prayed and that lost someone and was like, what on earth, God, Mm -hmm. I, okay. So what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that those are hard. Those are real, those, the disappointments that have a finality to them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those, those are the hardest. And, and I, I don't even feel qualified to address those in each situation that I'm not in. Do you know what I mean? Right. I I can relate in terms of my mom where, Mm -hmm. you know, I prayed fervently for her healing and I saw God work in, she had dementia. Um, she had multiple, what I would consider miraculous events in terms (laughs) of, she seemed like she was taking a serious turn for the worse. She was Mm -hmm. very confused. She was almost at the point of not being able to be cared for by my dad anymore. Mm -hmm. And she um, was a medication change was made and Mm -hmm. it it gave her another year or two of lucidity and ability Mm -hmm. to enjoy life and interact, you know, and she was still confused, but that was a big deal. And I felt like that was a miraculous answer to prayer. Um, There was another time when she had another um, just really bad turn. And it turns out there was a medical, um, a medicine interaction and Mm, she was able to change medicines again. And so like God worked in ways I saw his movement, Mm -hmm. but my ultimate prayer of healing and restoration and, you know, her not to die young was Mm -hmm. not answered. And so those are hard. And it's like, what good possibly could have come from this Lord? How could you possibly? Mm -hmm. And we don't know. And I will not know until eternity. But what I do know is I have an assurance that this life isn't all there is. And that's my ultimate hope and my ultimate Mm -hmm. assurance that God is a redeemer and absolutely, but doesn't make it easy for anyone at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, moving on toward when one of the questions that came up was like, are there specific times where you must pray? And I guess the corollary converse, like the related question is like, if I forget to pray, have I sinned? Like, are there certain times where it must be done? If I go longer than X number of hours without praying, have I sinned? How does that all work? I'm supposed to know. No, of course (laughs) I get to ask the questions and then you get to come up with the answer. It's not fair. Um, I, the first thing that came to my mind with how often is all the time. I mean, just that, uh, you know, pray without ceasing and just let your, let your life be prayer in terms of like that, the brother Lawrence. And for anyone Mm -hmm. who hasn't read this book, it's so good. The practice of the presence of God by brother Lawrence. It's just very, it was eye opening and revolutionary for me. Um, and I know for a lot of people that have read it, it's just, you know, the idea of, just having an ongoing conversation with God always, and not that you're not going to be distracted or be working on a project. You don't have to ask God, you know, for permission to write every sentence in the, you know, report Mm -hmm. you're working, you're writing for work, but just to, um, to practice the presence of God, try to like be mindful in, in the moments that he's there and that, that you're, 
um, you know, doing those little shout out prayers in your mind as you go through your day, not in a superstitious way, like, God, what, what should, Mm -hmm. uh, what time should I brush my teeth today? And should I, you know, but in Mm -hmm. a, just in a way of embracing the fact that the Holy spirit is living in us. And so we're, he's with us all the time and interceding Mm -hmm. all the time. And so therefore our life can be an intercession, you know, it can be constant, constant prayer. I mean, that's sort of the like idealistic, oh yeah, I'm the perfect Christian. I live a life of prayer answer, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's one facet of prayer that I think can just be, if you recognize that, that you can just walk through your day and, and be prayerful, have a prayerful mindset and an awareness of God's presence and his work around you. Like Mm -hmm. that is one, I think, I think that might be the first layer of prayer. Maybe if you're talking about, I don't know. Yeah. But I definitely don't want anybody to feel like guilty. Mm-mm. I remember the story. I think it was Jim Elliott in one of the stories about his life. It talked about how when he was in college, like he was on a road trip with his friends and he kind of went on a little mini rant because like an he hour liked had- to do that. He was, <laughs> he was intense. <laughs> like an hour had gone by and no one had even talked about God. Yes, And like, I don't know. To me, I go back to whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Right. Right. So if I'm sitting here talking to Jamie, which we're going to get to do face to face tomorrow, and I can't wait, like if we go an hour and two minutes and all we've talked about are the fun books we've read and the cool things our dogs have done because they're so adorable and like we've caught each other up on how our kids are doing. To me, I have zero guilt about that because like there's, there's room for, for so much in the Christian life, right? Like I love realizing that I've gotten lost in something. I made my first Mm -hmm. batch of bone broth last night and it was like, it's an all day process. And I wasn't quite, I didn't get the timing quite right. So I was up later than normal, like getting it done because Like I thought, okay, well I can finish it simmering at like eight and then I can be ready to get ready for bed by like a little before nine. Like that absolutely is not how it worked out. (laughs) But so I had like maybe two, two and a half hours where I was like getting it cooled and skimming off the fat and cleaning up the jars. Like I was doing all the work and then I got to bed late and I realized, wow, I haven't checked my email in two and a half hours. And it was a nice thought. Like, I like that feeling of, I have been lost in something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I also don't want, I don't want people to come away feeling like Jim Elliott did. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like maybe that was his calling. Maybe it was a little over the top. Like you'll have to choose for me. That attitude would be over the top because I think that God has given us tons of stuff to enjoy. And to be fair, if not praying all the time is a sin, then we sin eight hours a day when we fall asleep, unless you've mastered the art of praying in your sleep, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I think it's also important, A, never to impose your personal views on True. how to pray on the people around you, because that's just annoying. Yeah. Um, it's one it thing to call, <laughs> right. It's, it's one thing to call out a sinful behavior in someone who is walking mm-hmm. as a Christian, mm-hmm. but you know, that even that you've got to tread carefully and yeah. you know, re- look, look at the log in your own eye before right. you go doing that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, never, never to impose your own, your own beliefs at all. And yeah. And two, I think, 
having like a, having kind of a base layer of like, just knowing that God is there doesn't mean that the moments that you don't think about God being there are Mm -hmm. sinful in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, yeah. And yeah, I don't think so at all. Yeah. And I think looking at prayer as something that you have to do, or you're sinning can be a prayer block. It can be a tool for the enemy to drive a wedge between you and God, because then you get into Mm -hmm. the, Oh, I'm not praying. Darn it. I feel guilty. Well, I can't go to God now because I've been away too long or I can't ask for that thing because all I've done is, yeah. It can also be the pedestal, you know, like let's say that after church, you go out to eat with your family Mm -hmm. and you see another family from church and you're like watching them to see if they're going to fold their hands and close their eyes and pray before they eat their food. And then you see that they don't and you get all hoity toity. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, um, yeah, I think about it in terms of, you know, and we, we've made this analogy 50, hundred times on the podcast of, you know, like just a strong, healthy marriage. It's not as though there's a rule. Like if I go 20 minutes with Scott home and I don't say something to him, then our marriage has broken or I've right. sinned against him. Right. Sometimes it's just nice to be in the same room and enjoy each other's company. Like mm-hmm. there, there doesn't always have to be spoken words or, you know, when I go to visit you tomorrow, no, I'm sure a day I'm going to talk to Scott each day that I'm there, but let's say that for some reason I don't, let's say that <gasps> 24 hours go by and I, I don't talk voice to voice with my husband. Maybe we just text or something doesn't mean that our marriage is wrong. Like it's, it's the flip-flop because we have a good marriage and because we enjoy each other's company, we're not going to go 24 hours without talking. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's, it's almost like the exact opposite of how some people look at it. Some people look at it like, what's the bare minimum that I must pray to keep on good terms with God when instead it's like, you want to be on good terms with God. And so of course you're going to be regularly praying. Yeah. And to realize that everybody is different and unique and your Mm -hmm. prayer style and the way that you pray with God and to God Mm -hmm. is going to be so different. I know a lot of women. Okay. I know several women personally (laughs) who are big on like they get woken up at night. I think you've done this too, right? Mm -hmm. Where you, you Mm -hmm. will get woken up at night in the middle of the night and know that it's time to pray. Yeah, that hasn't happened very much with me once or twice, twice. I can think of that. It's that it's Mm -hmm. happened fairly recently, but I like my sleep and I sleep very soundly. And I, Mm -hmm. God has not often woken me up in the middle of the night. Um, but some people they do that. And there was, there were times when I thought I'm not as spiritual as those women, Mm -hmm. because I don't wake up in the middle of the night and then pray for an hour. Like I would fall asleep within 30 seconds. If I tried (laughs) now, you're just just, bragging. Oh, see, no, no, sorry. But, but everybody is different. And the other thing is, you know, so there, there are all different types and some people are definitely more of the, I am mindful of God all the time. I'm going to do the shout out prayers. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I have to compartmentalize because I don't multitask well. So having God in my brain, Mm -hmm. yes, I know that he's there, but I can't focus on that and ask him questions all the time throughout Uh my day or talk to him. Yeah. I need focus time and that's okay too. So yeah, I think getting in touch with how you are wired and realizing you don't have to pray like anyone else is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you hear about 
let's say this is hypothetical, but I've heard similar stories, you know, a huge snowstorm hits and basically like it shuts down the roads for three days and whoever's on shift at the hospital is responsible. Like the nurses will work until they need to take like 45 minute nap and then they're back on because they're the only ones there, you know, or even just, you know, a nurse's schedule. Like if you're doing three twelves, you know, like you're coming home, you're sleeping, you're getting right back up and going straight to work. In a case like that, I would hate for anybody who's keeping that kind of schedule to be like, okay, if I don't set my alarm for half an hour earlier than I need to and spend that half an hour of prayer of time in prayer, right? Like think about, think about a marriage with that kind of schedule. You're just going to make sure that on the off days, you do a really good job catching up with each other, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we've talked about seasons. We've talked about um, even like your degree of physical and mental health. When, when we were sick with COVID, I didn't have mental energy to pray much. It was just Mm -hmm. basically kind of a God help, you know, and like not super dramatic, but like there wasn't, there wasn't energy to intercede for somebody else. You know, it was just, God, please don't let this get worse. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that there's, there's tons of grace when it comes to the question of how often must you pray? And actually, like, I kind of feel like that's the wrong question because like I said, you know, Jamie, you and I don't say like, oh, we must talk once a week or you're no longer going to be my best friend. Right. It's like, we want to talk to each other. Sometimes we get busy. Like how many Decembers have we gone? <laughs> Cause you're oh, on I a know. state and it's like three or and four I weeks. I fall off the grid. Yeah. Well, yeah. And when I scroll back to call you and it's been like a long, long time, uh-huh. I don't think, oh man, I, I can't call her now. Cause it's been too long. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like, she must hate me. I haven't talked yeah. to her Yeah. Now I, yeah. there is, sometimes there is a degree of guilt depending on the person and depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. Like there are people that I have been meaning to catch up with or yeah. that I've been meaning that I'm like, oh man, I feel so bad. I, I mm-hmm. you know, and I, there is a hesitation there sometimes, there is. but that's not, I right do that either. calling my grandma. Um, um, if, if more than, you know, I try to absolutely at minimum, make sure it's once a month. Yeah. And if I know it's been like three or four weeks, there's part of me that's like, Oh, I'm kind of embarrassed to call. Right. Cause it's been a while. So whoever needs to hear this, <laughs> call your grandma or whoever it is that you yes. feel that way about, like, get over that feeling awkward and mm-hmm. embarrassed. Give them a call. Yeah. Um, that's and pray one to thing. God. <laughs> <laughs> and, pray. and pray. So we covered who, what, when, uh, where, where should we pray? Um, one question I have for you, like, is there any place where you can't pray that you can think of? Yeah. Um, let me think. It's hard for me to pray when stuff is going on. Like when I have, Mm -hmm. like, I can, I mean, but that's not really true. Uh, That's not really true. Well, I would say there are definitely places that are more conducive towards prayer. Yeah. And we've talked about that. What it was a fun episode. It was kind of just lighthearted. We didn't take ourselves too seriously, but we did an episode a while back about kind of the perfect prayer room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the takeaway wasn't okay. Now Alana needs to go and build a wraparound porch. (laughs) The takeaway was kind of like, just be, be attentive to how your surroundings do impact your prayer life. You know, I used to feel very hoity toity about, big cathedrals, you know, in kind of, um, 
you know, hundreds of years ago where it was like, it was all gaudy. And I'm like, what do you do in building this when your peasants are starving in your town? And, and then it was explained to me, like most of the people in that town were illiterate and the pictures of the Bible stories were the closest that they could get to reading the Bible. Same thing with those, I forget what they're called, but those really pretty kind of middle ages art on Bible pages. Do you know what I mean? Where they would take like Mm -hmm. the first letter and make it really ornamental, but also like there were times where it would like show some of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, So I used to be a lot more stoic about it and be like, well, we're Christians, we can pray anywhere. And Mm -hmm. technically, sure, you can pray anywhere, but there are, all of us are designed differently. And so my favorite place to pray might be like way too quiet for somebody else. Like somebody might love praying on a busy subway train in Manhattan, where for me, I would feel so like sensory overloaded and overwhelmed that my prayers wouldn't really do a whole lot other than be like, God, please get me off this subway into somewhere quiet. Right. Well, my husband and oldest, they study and, you know, do homework for the younger, for the kid and work for the adult, um, with music playing Mm -hmm. and I can't do it or the TV on Mm -hmm. like that. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it is, but I can't do it. And, and they can, they actually prefer that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, everybody's kind of different with that, the, the sensory thing and, and you know how they can do it in terms of like deep prayer. I do have to be in a prayer closet, like, or Mm -hmm. my garage. I think that's why I used to go to my garage when my kids were Mm -hmm. little is because I would, because it's quiet because it was dark. I didn't turn the light on and it was usually, you know, um, just a place where I could focus on Mm -hmm. God. And so I do, I, I can do shout out prayers, obviously when things are going on. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really, for, for deep prayer, I do need some time to focus in a place. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, um, I mean, the Bible says where should you pray? It doesn't say where necessarily, but when it talks about don't go out on the street corners and make a big deal about it, which is more of a cultural reference, I'm guessing to the Pharisees or the people that would go out and make a big show of their prayers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, maybe that says something though about uh, that's more of a how. So we'll we'll go to that well, later. We'll talk about that in the how, I guess. But you know, we mentioned it once already. But kind of like praying before meals at a restaurant. Some right. people do it because it's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Some people do it with a tiny bit of a hottie, like we want to make a production of this. Right. And sometimes making a production of it, the heart behind it is we want to be a good witness for Christ. Okay. I know some people that they want to be seen for being a witness to those around. But I would say you need to check your own heart motives. You know, like for our family, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. And when we do, we try to do it like on the down low, Yeah, you know, according to what Jesus says, don't do it on the street corners and Mm -hmm. just to be seen by people. And if we don't do it, we don't feel like we've committed a a heinous sin of omission, you know, like some people might get their feathers a tiny bit ruffled, but there actually is not like a command in scripture to pray before you eat. I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 
I mean, that has become, I think it's really smart. I think it's a great tradition. I think for kids or for families with kids, it's a really nice way when the family's all there to model prayer and include your kids in prayer. That certainly doesn't mean that if you don't do it sometimes that you're a terrible person and God's never going to bless you again. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I felt nervous even saying that (laughs) because, you know, and and here's the thing. If that is a sacred time for you and your family, then keep it sacred. Um, Sure. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't. Yeah. But maybe just like be a little bit careful. Maybe you get invited over to your pastor's house for dinner and they don't pray before their meal. You know what? Maybe, maybe they're in hundred times more ongoing communication with God than you will ever be. So keep your, keep your judgmentalism as small as you can in a case mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who, what, when, where, now, why, why do we pray? Oh, here's one. Why do we pray? Didn't we just do something on this? Why do we pray if God already knows what we need? Yes. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did talk. So about let's that. just give people that episode number and we'll move on. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Um, But no, I mean, we did go into that pretty in depth recently. We did. But what I love is you have here, does prayer always work? I guess it depends on what you mean by work. I I love that question. What's the end goal of prayer? You know, if the end goal of prayer is to get what you ask for, then no, it doesn't work Mm -hmm. always. But that's not, it always works in terms of. it, It depends on your goal. Like if your goal is to well, get the right, 10 right, things right. on your checklist. Yeah. Then no, if your then goal no, it doesn't. is, yeah. If your goal is to have fellowship with God and strengthen your relationship with God, then sure. Your prayer always works. <laughs> well, and also if your goal is to bring thy kingdom come, thy will be done on yeah. earth as it is in heaven. I feel like every prayer, if that is our goal and our focus and our intent is doing it's making movement happen Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the spiritual world. And will we see it? I would say much like an iceberg, we probably don't see 90% Mm -hmm. of the movement Mm -hmm. that our prayers make in person because we, we have no idea what's going on in people's hearts, in their minds, in situations that are removed from us and the Mm -hmm. people and the, and, you know, circumstances and, you know, so, but I just, I really, I, I really believe that prayer always works. Now there are scriptures that say, do this and don't do this or your prayers won't be heard. And, Mm -hmm. and when you look closely at what those words really mean, my belief and understanding is that you're, of course, God hears and knows everything. He's omnipotent mm-hmm. and he's omniscient mm-hmm. and he's omni everything. Um, so he, he hears and knows everything, but will he, um, what would, will he, will he move on behalf of some of those prayers? If mm-hmm. those conditions are not being met, I do think there are things that hinder Mm-hmm. our prayers and that are, yeah. you know, that hinder the work and the power of our prayers, you mm-hmm. know, which is why I, uh, I don't know the scripture, but it, it, I'll have to look it up, but it's, you might know it. Um, therefore confess your sins to one another mm-hmm. and be healed for the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Mm-hmm. That implies to me that there are sins in our lives that are unconfessed sin that could potentially hinder 
our prayers from seeing movement, not mm-hmm. necessarily because God is like, Oh, I'm not going to hear that. But maybe right. because of those sinful things that are blocking, mm-hmm. I don't know, but we, mm-hmm. that, that would be another episode. And I know we've touched on that in other episodes, but we, we can yeah. probably get a comprehensive list of conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that would be a good, the things that hinder your prayers for sure. Well, I'm reminded of a science experiment I did in high school chemistry, and I know you'll like it because we can get our science geek on, but it was fairly simple. Like we were just measuring like the speed of how long it took water to boil under different conditions, Mm -hmm. you know, salt water, you know, just random things like that. And all we had to do was keep the heat on, take the temperature once a minute and plot a graph. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the water heats up at a very regular, predictable pace. You know, like the graph is just a straight line going up. So over time, the water is going to heat up two degrees a minute or, you know, whatever it is. Then you get close to boiling point and that graph flattens where it, the, the temperature doesn't change even though you continue to add heat Hmm. and then the water starts to boil. And so there's this, um, activation energy that's required to get it to its boiling point. And there's no measurable, visible activity happening. And I think sometimes that's how prayer feels. Sometimes prayer feels like, let's say you're praying for an unsaved friend, you're praying and you're praying and you're praying. And it feels as though there's no movement at all. But I have to think of that as like every, every prayer gets you closer to that tipping point. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you would be in, be in science geeky like we yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> the prayer boiling point that, and you know, the mm-hmm. activation. Oh, I love that activation yeah, energy. That time where you can't see any results, mm-hmm. but that yes. doesn't mean that God's not at work. Mm-mm. And it doesn't mean that stopping, like what would happen exactly. if you stopped praying halfway yeah. through just because you didn't see any action happening. Right. And you're halfway there or you're three quarters mm-hmm. of the way there, or you're mm-hmm. just before that boiling point And you're like, me, I guess. I'll yeah, just stop this praying. isn't working. I'm going to turn my working. burner off because yeah. it doesn't work. Right. That's mm-hmm. why when we ask like, does prayer work? You have to ask like, well, what's, what's the definition of work? Yeah. <laughs> does prayer invite God to move into our lives? Yes. Prayer always works. <laughs> does prayer get you what you want the second you pray for it? No prayer rarely works. If you know, if that's your definition. Well, yeah. Work. And, and if you're thinking, I think this is another another example of asking the wrong question rather than Mm -hmm. does prayer work, which puts the focus on is my action getting a result. Mm -hmm. The question is, is God working in our prayers? Does God work? Yes. God is always at work. And he says Mm -hmm. that. And, and I believe that he's always at work in some ways, whether we pray or not, but I think prayer is this concentrated, like, I don't know, like sort of like this concentrated area of work where we, you know, like Jennifer Kennedy Dean said, we talked about it before, like poking a hole between earth and heaven and letting that power just come through in that area, whatever it is, it's, it's standing in the gap and allowing that God of breakthrough to, you know, like rushing waters to come into that dry area. I mean, it's just, it's, he is always at work and, and does God work? in our prayers. Yes, always, but we may not see it or yeah. 
he may work in a way that is different from from what we had asked in the first place. Yeah. So. Well, I'm trying to get my science geek on one more time, um, talking about like the scientific definition of work. So work is, I was, I was never great at physics, but my understanding, do you know the definition off the top of your head or should I try to explain it? You should explain it. Cause I don't okay. know. Yeah. Work is energy being, you know, okay. What is the best definition? I'm trying to find it, but they're not giving me like, okay. Um, I don't, okay. The measure of energy transfer that occurs when an object is moved over a distance by an external force. So work is force being exerted on a, an external object, right? Mm -hmm. When I go and I push a boulder, my understanding, a physicist is, is probably rolling their eyes at me right now. My understanding is that the moment I start pushing that boulder, I am exerting work on that boulder, but yeah. that boulder will not budge until, um, again, there's a certain like energy activation requirement. And so all that to say, it's just another example of sometimes work being uh, invisible, but it is still work, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's just say you're trying to push a bookshelf from one corner of your room to the other. The very first like tiny bit of pushing doesn't do anything, mm -hmm. right? Like, and then it gets moving, but the whole thing is exerting pressure on an external object, meaning the entire thing is work. And so again, we don't always see God at work. We don't always see our prayers, quote unquote, working, but from a scientific standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint, our prayers are always doing something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. All righty. Who, what, when, where, and then, uh, and now we just talked about why. Okay. So last talking about the house, um, and maybe this is kind of just a good like teaser, into our, our next section or our next episode, kind of in this mini series about like the conventions of prayer. We'll go deeper into that one there. Um, but what, what do we want to address kind of in this one about the how of prayer? How do I pray? I think the, for me, the, the recurring theme that I think is so important is each person is unique. So yeah. I think you should pray in a way that makes you feel close to God. We ask mm -hmm. our guests when they come on the podcast, what's your favorite prayer closet? Where do you go to mm -hmm. feel close to God? Some people it's the shower. Some people it's uh, climbing a mountain. Some people it's swimming or surfing, or some people it's hold up in, in a, a literal closet because that's where mm -hmm. they feel the closest or in bed. Do pray in a way that makes you feel a connection with God, because I think that when we feel that connection, like when we actually do connect with God, that becomes its own momentum to do it more mm -hmm. because we feel that reward of being in the throne room. So if you're artistic, you know, you can create a scrapbook or paint yeah. a picture. Uh, there were some really in our mm -hmm. conference last year, um, there was, um, Jen Evangelista did this awesome presentation on creative ways to pray and mm -hmm. using painting and drawing and doodling yeah. and sketching. And, um, if you're musical, you can pray through song. You can, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, just if yeah. you're, if you're a list person, get a list and an yeah. organizer and go crazy uh -huh. with post-it notes or organization. <laughs> 
you know, so I just love the freedom that we have in prayer. So absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to go back to the same kind of thing I've gone back to before. Like, I don't need to read a manual to like, well, how should I talk to Jamie today? You (laughs) know, like we, we know each other enough that conversation just happens. Are there certain conventions? Sure. Like it's very rare that I, even when we start a podcast, we usually ask like, how's it going first, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are conventions, which is what we will talk about. But I think it's really important that we disassociate conventions from rules or from formulas. So if somebody was to, to write how to be a good friend and rule number one is every single conversation must start with, Hey, Jamie, how's it going? Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that, that's not really a relationship. That's two people reading from a script. Right. So, you know, but some people might like to have something. That's true. Mm-hmm. some, some structure and that's okay too. So you can oh, yeah. make your own structure and say, okay, well, I'm going to pray at breakfast mm-hmm. and then I'm going to pray at nighttime. And then I'm going to set prayer reminders throughout the day to help yeah. me remember, you know, you can do that. And that's okay you too. If you yeah. like the rules. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but maybe, um, instead of thinking them as rules, it's just thinking them as ways that you have set up. Do you know what there I mean? Like go. the structure, not the rules. Yeah. Every so often, if you and I have a ton to talk about for praying Christian, like we will show up to a conversation with an agenda, right? Right. Like we actually will, we'll be like, Hey, here's a list of all the things we need to talk about and pray about and decide. And that's fine too. I don't want every conversation with you to be that way, but sometimes it's a really nice way to organize our thoughts and to just like, kind of how you were talking about, like your mind needing to unravel to even know how to start your prayer. Mm. (laughs) Like sometimes we just, we need a, we need some structure so that we even know where to begin, but all of those are tools and they're not like formulas. Right. And there are times where we have to say, okay, we're going to meet up. You know, we have our, our Wednesday for recording or Mm -hmm. catch up. We can define that ahead of time. Are we going to catch up? Are we going to record? Are we going to have a prayer time? Like yeah, that ahead of time if we need to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say the how is what works for you, what feels natural for you, the degree of structure that is right and perfect for you. And yeah, sometimes that might mean you set a timer to go off every five minutes and your first five minutes, you're going to pray about this. And the next five minutes, you're going to pray about that. Like we're not saying there's anything wrong with structure. Just remember that it doesn't have to always be one size fits all. Right. And, and also like, it's okay to change it up for yourself too. Like our, recording days look a lot different than they did four years ago. Right. Where do you remember? We had a checklist. We were like, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to share confessions. We need to silence our phones. Like we had a checklist of the things that we needed to do to get ready to podcast. And now we just kind of show up and it's a lot more natural because we've been doing it for so long. We don't have to have the checklist, but it sure helped us at the beginning. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a really good analogy. Cause that might yeah. be that way. And seasons change and you know, your prayer life changes, your prayer closet changes, your favorite mm-hmm. place to meet up with God will change. And that's good. That's okay. That means mm-hmm. you're growing, you're changing, you're adapting yeah. to your circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was a fun conversation. Yes, Tune in. We have a couple more episodes coming up kind of similar, you know, just sort mm-hmm. of back to the basics. So next time we'll be talking about conventions, right? Why do we, 
Why do we say amen? Do we need to say in Jesus name? Why do we start with dear God? Like (laughs) some of these things. And again, teasing out what is a rule, what's a good idea and what's just kind of a convention or a tradition. And for anybody who has not heard, we have uh, quite a few new episodes now of the Mindful Christian Prayers podcast. So Praying Christian Women is a podcast about prayer. Mindful Christian Prayers is our sister show where you can actually pray along with the show. And they're they're like 10 minutes. Um, I did one today. I had to drop my son off at work and then drive home so that Jamie and I were ready to record. And it was like... I think I pulled into the driveway with like 35 seconds left on my podcast player. So you can find those wherever you're listening to this, or you can go to prayingchristianwomen.com slash mindful. And now let's close with our blessing and benediction. May God stretch and mature your faith on a daily basis. May mountains move as a result of your prayers. May he meet you in your areas of weakness and help you in your unbelief. May valleys rise up and mountains and hills be made low before you so that nothing will hinder your prayers. May the Holy Spirit breathe hope into your prayers so that every day your faith and strength are renewed like the eagles. Our benediction is Revelation seven twelve. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.